my body's not under stress. I don't feel stressed. And he's like, no, you, your body's under a lot of stress. You just went through surgery. You had the radiation treatments. You're doing this and that. Your immune system is low. He's like, your body's under a lot of stress. And I sat there and thought, how is that even possible? Your mind is racing. You can feel the tension in your shoulders, in your neck. Nothing in particular is happening. This is just kind of a normal state for you. Work can be stressful. Life can be stressful. You're going, 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 and the schedule is filled up pretty tight. And you're excited for your vacation week at the beach this summer. You sure could use one. Even though you'll probably do some work while you're there, so you don't come back to 2,796 unread emails. But you're used to this. You've got this. But somewhere in the back of your mind, you're not sure this pace is sustainable. I mean, you'll make it work, but if one plate drops, ugh. What would happen if you just sit in the quiet? Would your mind race faster than a McLaren? How do you get some peace? It would be nice to rest a little more, but how? Have you ever just let go? Or is that a scary prospect? For me, it's scary AF. So I found the one person on earth who has mastered mental rest. Highly trained and with the certification list a mile long, Maureen Watley has climbed the corporate ladder as a top executive in people strategy and is now a life coach primarily serving executives that want to optimize their performance professionally and personally and do it holistically, do it mindfully. Be sure to think of a few friends who come to your mind that are kind of high strung and send them this episode. Just text them right now. Think of those people that are just going, 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 going. They've got a lot going on. Send this to them. It is going to help. You can learn more about Maureen and connect with me at allisonhair.com. Here's my chat with Maureen Watley on mental rest. The triumphant return of Maureen Watley. Maureen has been on this show um, and and did an episode on the psychology behind emotional eating. And now you're back to talk about mental rest. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. Yeah. (laughs) Great topic. (laughs) Nice follow up. It couldn't even be more timely. I think, you know, I think through the pandemic, people are so busy, you know, like the, the productivity mindset where people are leaving their jobs in droves. There is the great resignation. They're really reevaluating what their lives are like, but the hamster wheel is so loud, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, mental wellness hasn't been as important as it is right now in the workplace or even in our homes (laughs) because of COVID and all the things that we've been going through. I mean, we have war going on in the world. We have a recession that's about to happen in the United States and probably impact the entire world. We have COVID that we've been going through so many deaths, illnesses, people are suffering. There's a lot going on in the world. And then we say, yeah, there's this thing called mental wellness. (laughs) It's like, that'd be nice. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, there's this part about health that we've probably largely ignored or avoided. (laughs) You know, we focus a lot on physical health. And, um, you know, I think mental health is a big part of everything that we can do a whole, you know, the way we look at a whole way of living uh, in wellness, mental health is a big part of it. I think so too. And I think from a mental rest perspective, you know, like there is a hustle culture that is being unwound right now. And I think, uh, I don't, why is it so hard to rest for Mm. us? That is a really good question, you know, because mentally and physically, spiritually and emotionally, we want rest. So why do we keep ourselves from doing what we naturally are inclined to do? You know, we're on a circadian rhythm, right? 24 hours. Well, what do we do? We rest, we sleep, we have to sleep. Our bodies crave um, the need for a break. And what rest is essentially what rest is, is inactivity. And in some ways, you could think of it as freedom 
from stress. And we all want that, but we don't allow ourselves to do that. We live in, like you said, a busy, busy culture, a busy busyness. Like we have to do so much productivity and we put so much stress on ourselves and we don't allow ourselves to have a break. But I think it's kind of unwinding the intrinsic need to earn rest. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we kind of unwind it culturally. And I'm interested to know about, you have certifications like out the yin yang. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your background in this. (laughs) Why do we always laugh when we get to this part? (laughs) It's just so so long. (laughs) I know. I don't even know where to start with myself sometimes. Let me just point out, I think, the things that are relevant. You know, I've been studying for three years and have had, I have many certifications in mindfulness meditation, but I'm reaching the highest level of teacher accreditation. I graduated in July, thank yes. goodness, and finally, finally getting on the other end of that. And I also have a certification in applied positive psychology and health and wellness coaching. Um, and it's a, a lot of other certifications, but I really find myself moving towards this area of mental health. You know, I've always been into wellness, you know, physical wellness. Um, But what I am learning is that there is a huge need and there's a huge area of opportunity for us to focus more on mental, emotional and spiritual wellness in order to find that holistic um, wellness that we all want. You know, we think about financial wellness, for example, or physical wellness. We focus a lot on those things. But we we're forgetting an important part of our wellness, which is the mental, emotional and spiritual piece. So what about the earning rest? Mm. Why does it why is it? Why is it a reward for working hard enough? It's interesting you use the word reward. Asking for a friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if your friend were here, I would say. (laughs) Um, It's interesting that you use the word reward Mm -hmm. because rest is, in mindfulness meditation, is considered a reward state. You know, it is something that we get a lot of benefit from and we want to be able to achieve that sort of restfulness. Um, And a lot of it is, you know, I, I believe that we can, what we call drop on a dime. You can drop into rest on a dime. What? Pract- I know, if you How? practice it mentally. Mm. If you practice it mentally. And um, oftentimes I think we look for rest in external ways, like we want to go to a resort, we want to be at a beach, we want to be somewhere that kind of puts us into rest, mm-hmm. which is all great. And that does happen. I love going into nature and, and allowing myself to drop into rest just by taking in the beauty of this world. So I, I'm not saying that that isn't a good idea. But what I am saying is that we are, we are very busy, you know, you and I are very, very busy people, that we should be able to drop into rest at any moment in the day. I got to pause for a second, because, you know, when you talk about going someplace that allows you to rest, you know, I couldn't even imagine what it must be like to drop in when you're in a heightened state of anxiety or somebody walks into the room that totally triggers you and turns you into a full-blown jerk mm-hmm. you know like th- something that you don't feel like yourself but you're 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 in your defenses are up you know like how do you even begin to unwind what that could look like or offer practices when you're not in that state, from what I understand that it's important to practice when you're in a calm state so that when you are in a heightened state that you can access it quicker. But where do you even begin? It is such a great question. Because I think on one hand, we think we've got to start with in a certain mode in order mm-hmm. to access that rest. So I would like to share a story because I think it makes it more relevant. On I what love Maureen's stories. Please <laughs> do. Tell a story. So I, you know, I've been going through a lot in terms of my own health. I've had breast cancer twice. I've recently had another surgery. I've had to do all of the radiation treatments. And that put a toll on my body. But I've gotten so conditioned to this pain and to this, you know, what I'm going through physically that my brain is able to adapt and kind of 
turn off some of the suffering, some of the pain and the stress that's going on in the body. Well, I recently... How do you uh, do that? Well, the brain does it. The brain is used to protecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's protecting me from the stress and the pain. And I have, you know, I've got a, I've got a lot to do in a day. I can't sit there and focus on how badly I feel about Mm -hmm. or how something hurts. So the brain just gets conditioned to ignore that. So I have recently um, started seeing a fantastic naturopathic oncologist. I mean, incredible the depth of tests that they run the blood work that they do I mean it's incredible but I'm sitting there talking to him in a three hour debrief on my tests three hours of him going through all of my test results and he's saying you know this is an indicator of that this is an indicator this we check this level of this we check this level of that and he gets to this point and of course I'm like glossing over because it's just too much information (laughs) for my little brain I'm like oh my god what is he what is the point of all of this and then he says something very interesting he says and this is an indicator that your body is under stress and I was like what what do you do? Well, my body's not under stress. I meditate every day. <laughs> you know, my body's not under stress. I don't feel stressed. And he's like, no, you, your body's under a lot of stress. You just went through surgery. You had the radiation treatments. You're doing this, not your immune system is low. He's like, your body's under a lot of stress. And I sat there and thought, how is that even possible? How is it not possible though? Exactly. Why would I think it isn't? Right. And then I, and then I said to myself, I have this amazing toolbox around meditation and bringing awareness to the body that I should sit down and and explore a bit more and practice some of these skills that I'm learning or that I've, I've been able to develop in my mindfulness meditation practice. And so by turning toward myself, turning inward to the body, I suddenly began to realize, oh my God, there's a lot of tension in my shoulders. I can feel it in my elbows I could actually feel the inflammation in my fingers I could feel my the tenseness in my jaw and all the muscles in my cheeks I'm like wow there is a lot of tension and I would turn my attention to my body throughout the day over and over and over again and realize wow it's still there it's still there now the beautiful part of going back to your earlier question which is well how do I do this you learn to relax those areas as immediately when you're able to turn your attention on a part of your body. Like if I said, you know, right now, Allison, just relax your shoulders, just drop them and relax them. You can immediately do that. If I said, tense up your fit, your hand, your hand you're not using right now, tense it really tight into a fist and just hold it and hold it and hold it and then relax. You're able to do that. Mm. So your mind did that. And you're able to systematically go through your body Relax the muscles around your eyes, relax your jaw, relax your legs and your hips. Like you can just go through your body and do it. So I've been doing that over and over again, all throughout the Hmm. day and just allowing the stress to melt off my body. And so that's how you drop on a diamond. The more you do that, you do that through the day over and over again, over weeks, it's immediate. You can immediately go into But is it more like a self-guided meditation to, you know, like a consciousness to be able to do that? Because, you know, I remember sitting at my desk and, you know, at work, especially where I felt trapped, you know, like, you know, I left my job. My shoulders were so tight, they Mm. hurt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't figure out how to find a relief. And there was one week where I literally got four massages, a Reiki session with you. You know, and I think I got, I, I forget what, something else, but it was like something ridiculous in a week where I'm like, I can't figure out how to relax my shoulders. They're just so tight. And it there's a feeling of, I don't know if hopelessness is the right word, but like, there, it didn't seem like there was a way out. And so, and, and you know, doing meditation and practices like that, it, it felt like it wasn't immediate enough. You know, mm. it felt like it wasn't dramatic enough to kind of, you know, permanently lower my shoulders. And I wonder, you know, like, how do you even begin to unwind? Well, there's two things that you said. So one, one is you are associating an emotion with the tenseness. Mm. Mm. So you said that there's like a hopelessness. There's yeah. a, so anytime that emotion is 
filling you up, you know, our bodies are responding somatically to this experience mm-hmm. that you have, this experience of emotion and body. And you're, and then it shows up as tension. It shows up as disease, mm-hmm. as illness, as IBS in the stomach area or, or heart problems or just inflammation and arthritis. I mean, it shows up in the body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, your emotions, your body, they're all tied together. So that's one thing that you've just brought some awareness around, which is good. You want to be able to discern what's happening for you that's creating this shoulder tenseness or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're experiencing. So you've identified some emotion there to explore. So that's one thing. I mean, the other thing is really just more practice. You know, it's we're going to get better at getting into rest if we practice it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I never even thought about, I, I think it is like that emotional wraparound of like, I my shoulders are stressed because of all of these outside external stressors. So identifying it is one aspect of it. And I think, you know, as somebody who has been very conditioned to go, 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 go. And I'm saying this not just from my perspective, but I know a lot of people are just built that way. Culturally, it's built that way that, you know, like that grind culture of just, you know, how productive can you be? There's a lot of self-worth wrapped up in that. You know, when I when I see the body-based techniques of grounding yourself and meditating, it sounds so nice if I had the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, and, and part of it is like prioritizing this. So immediately my mind goes to the moment I'm silent is the moment my mind goes in every direction, a million miles an hour. And that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot mentally, you know, to deal with. How do you deal with that? Like the mental, it, it, it's scary for me. Mm. So I think what you're describing is what we call overwhelm. Okay. Where <laughs> <laughs> there's just a flooding of thoughts and emotions and, and well, Congratulations, because you're human. I mean, I think everybody experiences that. And there's another skill in mindfulness meditation that is worth talking about right now. And it's called equanimity. And equanimity is just allowing whatever your thoughts or emotions are, whatever the bodily sensations are, whatever it is, it's happening around you, distractions, maybe your daughter making noise upstairs, whatever it might be. You allow whatever that is to kind of come and go. And we call that letting it come and go in the background. So you can allow these things to happen in the background of your mind, like the busyness and the emotions or the sounds that are disrupting you while you, while you actually are allowing the front of your mind, the core of your attention to focus on what you choose to focus it on. And that is the third skill, which is, um, concentration, our ability to really focus on something that we choose to focus on. So if you choose right now to focus on rest, even though we're talking, you can do that. You know, you can choose to work hard at your computer and focus on your blog while there's noise upstairs going Mm -hmm. on. We know how to do that. We know how to put something in the foreground of our mind and how to let things go in the background of the mind including your busy, busy thoughts. So even though you're looking for rest, when you're putting the attention and the focus on the rest of the body, the restful states of the body, then whatever the distraction is just falls in the background. That's a really interesting perspective. And I want to bring it back because you talked about concentration, but you also talked about your own experience of, of, putting the background, putting the pain that you were experiencing going through chemo and uh, not radiation, chemo, but radiation um, and putting that in the background. I wonder, you know, like when pain is excruciating and I know that it has been for you. Yeah. I don't know how, like, I mean, watching you go through this and seeing how your attitude really was kind of like, 
it was like swimming on the top of the water when all of this stuff was really, really painful. Where most people, like I would be under a bridge. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you you were kind of riding on top of it where you acknowledged that it really sucked and that it hurt and that it burned and that, you know, all of those things. But the way that you handled it, you know, that that is an art, it seems, and a practice of, you know, when you're in excruciating pain, whether it is emotional, whether it's physical, how do you avert mm-hmm. the attention in a way that is healthy? Because there are, you know... Sometimes it's good to feel and move through the pain, not, you know, in in some cases to kind of successfully process it. But then sometimes it's important to sh- shield yourself to kind of get through. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you discern that? So I always ask the question, am I avoiding or neglecting it? You know, so if there's a, so if there's What's a the difference, uh, they're the same thing. Avoiding and neglecting is what I'm asking. I'm asking myself, am I avoiding or neglecting something? Because if I am, then I'm not really working through it. You know, if I'm trying to avoid my unpleasantness, my pain or suffering, if I'm trying to avoid it, that's not really working through it. That's just me, (laughs) you know, kind of turning a blind Mm -hmm. eye to myself. And I'm never really working through anything. And the only way through suffering, the only way to get through suffering is to actually go through it. Like you mm-hmm. have to. So when I say put something in the background, I'm not avoiding it and I'm not neglecting it. I'm recognizing that it's there mm-hmm. and I'm acknowledging it and I'm saying, hey, this sucks. This is painful. This whole thing, you know, having cancer and I might die. That is true. Like it sits here in the background, but I'm not getting gripped by that. I'm not getting swept away by it. I'm not letting my mind go crazy with it. I'm just saying, hey, I acknowledge that that's the truth and that that thought is there. And I just put it in the background while I focus my attention on something else, whether it be rest, whether it be a positive thought, maybe it's something else I want to be focusing on. And so what is that? Well, that's skill building. Mm. Those are skills that I've learned to do. It's not something that's a superpower that I was just born with even Mm -hmm. though I think it's a superpower, but it's, it is something I have been working on, you know, 10, 20 years ago, I would not say that I have this mental, this mental agility. I mean, it really is something I've learned to fine tune through the practice of mindfulness meditation. Well, it sounds like the positive psychology as well. And I, I guess there's also a fine line between positive psychology and toxic positive psychology, which is like ignoring everything's great, everything's fine, you have to have a good attitude. And I think that's where I'm trying to, you know, kind of understand how to take those emotions, acknowledge them in a healthy way, and then be able to let your mind rest. Mm -hmm. And that is the focus and equanimity skills that I'm talking about. You know, the other skill we didn't really talk about, which is part of this process, is called clarity. And what you're talking about right now has a lot to do with that skill. It's the clarity, the discernment of what is this emotion? Where, what, what is the impact of this? What is the feeling of what's the color of it? What's the shape of it? What is happening in this body experience when this emotion of overwhelm comes mm-hmm. or this emotion of, you know, I'm, I'm not enough, or I can't do this, or I don't know what the hell's happening here, or whatever it is, the pain, whatever it is that's going on. It's immediately having this clarity, this sensory clarity around what is happening in my body experience when this emotion is showing up. So it's these three skills that we're learning in mindfulness meditation. It's allowing yourself to focus on what you want to focus on. In this case, it can be rest. It's knowing that there's some clarity happening around whatever emotions or distractions are happening. You can have some clarity around that. And and then the other piece is equanimity with it. You're not getting gripped by it. You're not being consumed by it. You're not riding on the tails of the emotional craziness. It's just allowing it to come and go while you put your attention on whatever you want to put it on. In some cases, like right now, I'm putting my attention very closely on what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where my foreground attention is. When I'm with my son, I put my attention with him. 
when I am in prayer, I put it with God in prayer, right? And so it's where do you want to put your attention? And in this case, today's segment, it's on rest. (laughs) So I think about, and right now, even when we're talking, my foreground attention is on what I'm saying, but a lot of my background attention is still on, let me rest my toes, let me rest my ankles, let me seem relaxed in the physical body. Let me slow my speech. Wow. So I'm, you, it's just, where do you put your attention? And this is a skill. It's such a practice for you too. It's a practice anybody could have. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. So what are some tools to help? So you talked about relaxing the eyes, relaxing your jaw. Oh my gosh, yes. So the first one is, and I think the most accessible one, is definitely physical rest. And it really is just, you know, closing Take a damn your eyes. Nap. Yeah, no, no, actually, you want to be alert. So when you hmm. do this practice, it isn't about falling asleep necessarily or, or going to sleep. This is about finding rest through the day. You know, I think I mentioned this to you once before our bodies are on a circadian rhythm of 24 hours. Well, even in the middle of the day, you're on an ultraradium. I think I said that right, which is every 90 to 120 minutes. Your body goes up and down in like a waviness through the day where it has heightened energy and activity and then it comes down and it wants more rest. But we ignore that signal in the body. We ignore the signal in the body that the body wants a little bit of a break. And so when we work through the day and we work straight through the morning. Coffee, monster drinks. Coffee, the monster drinks, go right through lunch. Well, three o'clock, four o'clock, we're gonna crash because Mm -hmm. we've ignored all the signals of the body that wants rest. So if we just just take a quick five minute, 10 minute break every two hours through the day, I mean, it's 10 minutes, walk to the bathroom, go outside, sit at your chair at your desk and just do some breathing or relax, think about relax your eyes, relax your shoulders. You're giving yourself a little power nap without mm. even falling asleep. So this isn't about sleep. This is about finding rest in the body by using your mind. So you can do that very easily. It's just, again, sitting alert, allowing your spine to be nice and tall, but just thinking systematically, allowing your brain to go from the top of your head, relaxing every muscle area you can think of, the cheeks, the jaw, the neck, the shoulders, the back, the middle back, the belly. I mean, you just go all the way down, the hips, the knees, all the way down to your toes takes you a couple minutes, and you're going to feel restful. And you just do that a couple times a day. Mm. It's so simple. The other one that some people can do that's accessible, not for everyone, because breathing can sometimes be uncomfortable for for some people, but you can just take four or five deep breaths. And the best breathing technique is where you bring in breath of a shorter count than when you let the breath go of a longer count. So as an example, You would bring in breath for four count, one, two, three, four, you'd hold one, two, and then you'd let out for six, one, two, three, four, five, six. And just by doing this breathing technique, you relax all of this nervous system in your body and you immediately get into a restful state. Your eyes are open, but you feel more restful all by breathing and using your mental ability. I'm thinking about your voice and how calming it is, honestly, because I'm thinking just watching you do that, those counts. And I'm like, I just feel better (laughs) just hearing it. (laughs) And I'm very, you know, I'm very resistant. Like I am, I am meditating under protest every day. (laughs) I know I I work on you. In I general, I, I, I am it. doing it. I am doing it. And I'm I'm spending more time in nature and, and kind of trying to take more mindfulness mm-hmm. breaths. But I think there's something also that needs to be addressed too, is that, you know, we talked in the very beginning about, um, you know, being in an external place that's going to allow you to relax. And I think a lot of it is, um, you know, you talked about kind of riding the wave of what happens during the day. And, you know, like, I will tell you a story that this morning before you came here, I woke up and was fine. And all of a sudden, I it felt like literally a gray cloud coming in, where my mood, I just all of a sudden got pissed, Mm. not pissed, but like in a bad mood. And I had no reason for it. 
And I, I was mad. I was mad at myself for like, wh- why is this even happening? You know, and, and I was laughing at the same time of just, you know, I know it's gonna come and go. I was trying the equanimity. <laughs> equanimity. Just, you know, yeah. Uh, but I, I, it just kind of came. And I'm like, Oh, I, I was in a fine mood. Like, why would this even happen? And so personally, I struggle with external things, uh, things. And, and a lot of that has to do with a need for more grounding myself to like source my own energy and, you know, create a protective, I don't know if it is barrier, but allowing, you know, allowing myself, my, my tree trunk of my body to be stronger than any headwinds that might come for whatever mm. reason. And I wonder, um, I wonder about your thoughts on that. Mm. You know, I study under Shenzhen Young, and one of the things that he says is there's an equation for suffering, and it is pain times resistance mm-hmm. equals suffering. And so in the example that you give around the dark cloud coming through, you know, it's a symbol of something that's bothering you. And then you're having resistance to that, which is just causing more suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, so what, you know, using mindfulness meditation can allow you an opportunity to either examine the cloud and detangle it or understand it a bit more like not be afraid of it, not resist it. Mm. In learning how to work with it, it's called mm. turning toward. So you could turn toward the cloud and say, okay, now you're here. Welcome. It's interesting. Welcome. You know what I mean? <laughs> like tur- turn it. It's not, not the F off. That yeah, <laughs> no resistance. Resisting causes more pain. Ah, okay. So now we're turning toward it and saying, welcome. You know, you're here. What does it mean? You know, what, what mm-hmm. is the, what is the information that this brings to me? And, and if it's nothing, if it's just part of the experience, because, you know, your body at this moment, for whatever reason, hormonally could be or mm-hmm. whatever, some sort of chemistry is happening in your body, you don't know, of, then this black cloud shows up this dark gray cloud, just say, welcome, you're here. Thank you for coming, you mm. know, and allow it to pass without any examination. And that's mm. called turning, turning away. So you can anchor, either anchor away from it, or you can turn towards it. But in any case, it's allowing it its freedom. I'm not resisting it. I'm not neglecting it. I'm not avoiding it. I just recognize it for what it is. I have equanimity with it. I might use a little sensory clarity, like try to understand it if I want to. If not, you don't have to. There's no rules Hmm. on it. And then you allow your focus to go where you want it to go. I think that's so powerful. It is powerful. Yeah. How do you, how do you work through those things too? When, when, you know, you get bad news or something happens where all of a sudden it's like a lightning bolt has just kind of altered your day in a way you weren't expecting. I mean, that happens to me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've had the, I've been the bearer of lots of bad news over my time, as you know. So, you know, a lot of issues trying to get pregnant, you know, almost dying when I was giving birth to my son, it was the worst labor and delivery situation, my sister passing away not long after that. I mean, it's just one thing after another, then having cancer and having cancer again. I mean, yeah, I get a lightning bolt. I understand Mm -hmm. what a lightning bolt is. I don't know if I really, I don't think I handled it well, you know, before. It was very challenging and it put me in a very sad and dark place. So I kind of understand but do you think a sad and dark place is necessary? Because that is profound grief. It is. It is grief. And I think it is. I don't know if it's necessary. I don't know if anything is necessary. Hmm. But it's part of the human condition. You know, it's it's part of just what happens when bad news comes. So we allow ourselves to go through this grieving process. What I, what I have learned through mindfulness meditation is to understand how my focus works, how my sensory clarity works, and mm. how to have equanimity with that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How, but how do you think you could have handled it better? I don't think it's a matter of how I would handle it better. I think I just look back on it and know where where I have been able to, how it has led me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. You know, all of our life experience good and bad, all of it, 
brings us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be where I am unless I had gone through the suffering. I don't think, you know, it's all part of the path. So I don't look back on it and, and judge it. You know, there's no mm-hmm. judgment on it. I'm wondering for you, it's almost like you have this mission, you know, to get all these certifications, to learn these techniques. Why is it so important to you? What mm-hmm. is driving it? So my, my mission, I did a lot of work on my mission and a few years ago, and my mission is flourishing people. And really, that means to me that people are in a heightened state of wellness, mental wellness, along with emotional, physical, spiritual wellness. So why, why is that such a passion for me? I think because I've gone through so much, all of this suffering, all of this loss, you know, the I had a terrible childhood. Sorry, parents. <laughs> <laughs> I know they did their best, but it was really hard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I did not grow up with an e- with ease. So it, it has been very hard. And I think I, you know, I look around and I realize that I spent a lot of my time in a corporate ladder. And I climbed that ladder and I was very ambitious and I'm very bright and you know, I just thought that was so important, but I was so unhappy. You know, I was so unhappy. And I I enjoyed my corporate life. I enjoyed being successful because I knew I had the drive to do it. But I realized it wasn't the most important thing in life. You know, that isn't what flourishing is. So I like working with people that want to, you know, that they're on a similar path where they recognize they're not where they want to be mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and they want to be better. You know, they want to, they want a better life for themselves. And so that's, that's where I am. That's where that really gets me going every day. And people like you, Allison, who are like so resistant to meditation, (laughs) It's a, it's a wonder we're friends. <laughs> I love it. It's like your mission. <laughs> I, love, I love that you entertain it, though. You know, it's like you, it, it, but I know it's hard. I know it's hard for, I, I, I was resistant to it. I thought it was silliness. When I was on my corporate ladder, I thought it was silliness because I'd looked at it then. I did a lot of corporate development work and I looked at it then for our leaders and I thought they're never going to buy this. This is silly stuff, you know, mm. um, but when you go through all the stuff that I've gone through, you look at it again and say, where, where am I going to find peace? You know, where do I find peace and rest? Where can I find calm in the midst of all of this crappy stuff that goes on in life? Mm-hmm. And this is where I have found it. Is there, you know, people talk about um, self-care, mm-hmm. the spa day, go get a mani, go take a bubble bath. And people are so freaking burned out. Like, I know, I know. It's like not even worth it. You know, like it doesn't really make a dent in it. And I think having, and it sounds like this is body-based, you know, like this commitment towards, um, you know, going inward and kind of feeling your way through it and training your mind to re, you know, reorganize the thoughts in a different way mm. in a way that's going to serve you versus work against you. I love the fact you use the word reorganize your thoughts because there is this body of research and this big, beautiful world word called neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Neuroplasticity it's a big buzzword it's right a now. Big too. word. Yeah. But basically all that means is that your, your brain is able to adapt to change. And it reorganizes around whatever is happening in the brain. So if bad situations are happening, or if you're really struggling in some way, the mind begins to work around that just like for me in that example, I gave earlier around my, the fact that the doctor indicated that my body was under stress. And I was like, what? How can it be under stress? I don't understand that. Well, the brain worked around all of that. My brain built the neuroplasticity around that. So I didn't have to deal really deal with that, even though it was still evident in my body, mm-hmm. right? So, so what do we do that we do that around a lot of different things. So we or reorganize our thoughts. 
So why not learn to reorganize your thoughts in a positive way? Mm-hmm. Why not? Why do we keep holding on to bad things? I want, because I have you here, I, I, I cannot believe <laughs> the way you handle when, when the world blows up, you know, and uh, people around you are in heightened states and they're attacking you. <laughs> how do you go? How do you stay in a calm state? I do. I use what I call my tender calm voice. <laughs> okay. Tell me more. It is, it is, a, it, it's training again. It really is. And when you're able to, what I do is I just slow the picture down. It's almost like I immediately think about what is happening around me as a movie. And I just slow the movie down. And I, and I slow myself, I slow myself down. Have you ever been quick to anger? Or has that not really been yours? Because it seems like a slow burn when somebody else might be quick to anger, you know, but like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like matching or, you know, when it's easy to just blow up. Actually, so emotion is different. And yeah, I'm very quick to anger, Hmm. but I choose to respond without anger. That's the difference. That's insane. So tell the ang- us, so tell the- us your secrets. <laughs> so the anger is there. I mean, I am, I'm human. I've got this emotional somatic experience, yeah. right? Something happens. I get really mad. You know, the other day I was telling you about my mom driving me crazy about something. So, <laughs> I mean, it's an immediate flush. My face turns red. I'm having a somatic experience, a physical experience to the anger. I can feel my throat constricting. I can feel my chest getting tight. I mean, I'm immediately using my mental focus and and sensory clarity to say what's happening in my sensory experience what's happening right now while i'm feeling angry so and it's happening within a split second right but this is what i'm doing when anger when something happens i'm going to get angry i can't control my emotion yeah that dark cloud you're talking about Mm -hmm. you can't control that it just comes Mm -hmm. and i say welcome welcome i'm noticing you i'm noticing i'm a little angry about this situation so I have a choice. I can focus on how I respond. Will I respond with anger or will I respond with a tender, calm voice? And how does that happen? Tender, calm voice sounds passive aggressive. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Allison. <laughs> is that your tender, calm voice? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was just messing with you. Yeah. But, but it's training. I mean, it really is all part of this mindfulness meditation practice you know it really is the practice of doing this and it doesn't take a lot of time it, it's minutes while you're brushing your teeth mm-hmm. you have two minutes hopefully you're brushing your teeth for two minutes you while you're in the shower washing your hair you're practicing this it is all about what you choose to focus on you don't have to sit on a pillow for three hours like a like a, a buddhist monk or anything right. like that You can, at any point of the day, while you're walking outside in nature, while you're doing the dishes, while you're sitting here at your desk for three minutes, um, and you just, you know, you can just take three minutes before you do the next task. That's all that it takes. That's it. Hmm. All day long. It's called daily practice. Hmm. So you can have formal practice where you sit in quiet, which is really good, of course. Um, And then it's usually for more than 10 minutes. But you could do these micro hits all day long, short, short little moments in daily practice. It's just, where do I put my focus right now? What am I noticing about my, my physical, emotional experience? What do I want to have equanimity with right now? What do I need to let go of? You know, hmm. all day long. I think the question, what do I need to let go of, is really powerful and probably not asked enough. Mm-hmm. And it might be another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Another episode, yeah. Because what you have to let go of in order to find rest is you have to let go of activity. You got to let go of activity. But we don't want to. Mm -hmm. Because it goes back to what you said at the beginning of this podcast, which is we are culturally so dialed up in having to be busy. Mm Mm-hmm. We just have this in our mind that we aren't any, you know, we aren't good enough unless we're busy. We're not this unless we're busy enough. We're not, you know, we're not going to be successful unless we're busy. Well, I don't, that's the thing is that busyness doesn't always equal success. 
you know, so our minds make up this story about we can't sit still, but we can, you know, what, what if your mind told you that for you to find more rest and to let go of stress more, you would be more successful. What if we told ourselves that? Mm. I think I saw, you know, some, every once in a while, you'll come across Instagram and find something that actually resonates (laughs) like a quote. And somebody had said that, you know, success to me has nothing to do with money. Success to me is peace. Yes. And that completely floored me because I never thought of it that way. And that, you know, just that thought of like, there is no amount of money in the bank account that would let me rest, you know, or think, okay, that's enough, you know, or, or accolades or anything. Um, And that's, you know, that, that peace part kind of shifted everything of, of what does peace look like mm-hmm. for me? Yeah, I love that so much because we have in our minds what success should be. And a lot of times it's tied to things like money or like a certain title at a job or and all of those things are, are good. I'm not saying that they're mm-hmm. not, but that isn't what really brings happiness, fulfillment, you know, and peace that's something that's a state that's a state of being restfulness is calm as well Mm -hmm. you know so rest calm tranquility you know find finding a place or a spot where you are fully accepting yourself in a moment of rest and letting go of stress what a beautiful way uh to put it what do you know that you wish other people could know Mm, what do I know that I wish other people could know? I wish I, I wish that people would know. How, Allison, I wish you would know. <laughs> it's my own therapy Allison. session. Welcome to it. Allison, what I, what I wish you would know is how easy it is to access uh, this mindfulness meditation and in, in, in in that it isn't scary and that it will bring you more rest and peace mm. and that it's easy to do. It doesn't take extra time. It doesn't take extra time. You know, it just takes focus. It just takes a moment where Mm. you realize, hey, I could, let me turn my attention on this instead of that. That's all that it is. It's building this muscle. You have this brain muscle and it's, and it's just like doing a rep at the gym. Every time you return your attention to something you want to put your attention on, it's like doing one rep with the weight. You know, so when you feel that your mind is wandering on something, just say, okay, great. That's human. I'll just bring it back to this other thing I want to focus on. And you just practice that all through the day. You just learn to bring your attention back. So it's just, I think that's what I would want people to know is that it's very simple and easy and it has huge rewards on your nervous system, right? Your nervous system, the health of your body. It even there's so much research that shows that it, it, it benefits your relationships, it benefits, you know, your children, because you're just able to work with your own self in a better way. If we want to be better people, then we are then we then we want to be able to be better at ourselves managing ourselves. Mm. I think that's the key to everything. Yeah, you know, I think um, we try and fix the things around us to make sure we've got the environment around, but it really is internal. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm. How can people work with you? So I would love for them to contact me. <laughs> I'll give you my website, but I'll also I'll start some mindfulness meditation classes so they could find those on my website. Those should be coming soon. But also, I was thinking, Allison, uh, I'm going to do a couple of recordings. So if you wanted to provide those to your listeners, they oh, could that'd be great. do some really short, like three minute Oh, I love rest. that. Yes. So as soon as you help me figure out how to do a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> no problem. Set up a microphone. <laughs> I will do some recordings and, and maybe you could provide those. But I would love to help people really tap into a greater source of calm and strength 
that they could get from mindfulness meditation if they choose to go that path. Because you've been doing career coaching for a long time, but it is more of a holistic side of things, but it's morphing into more mindfulness practice. What, how do you work with clients today? Yeah. So I I have been a career coach for a very long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and I'm very good at it. And I do love that, but people bring a lot of stress, you know, looking for a job can be stressful. And oftentimes it starts with exploring yourself. What are your strengths? What do you, what do you really want? What's really going to make you happy in a, in a, in a career? So it oftentimes will move on to other areas of life, um, Mm. life development. And a lot of times that life development has to do with something they're struggling with, you know, something they're struggling with, whether it's a relationship they're struggling with, or they're struggling with themselves. They're just not happy. They can't figure out why they're so unhappy. So, um, so yes, I do quite a bit of life coaching for people. Mm, Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Maureen Watley, one of my favorite people in the whole world. Oh, thank you so much. Sometimes I feel indulgent that I have all of these experts on to help me solve my own issues. But then I hear from you and I hear that it's resonating and I feel a little better that I'm not alone, but sad that I'm alone, not alone in this. I know it is a struggle, right? But we're always continuously learning. You can connect with Maureen Watley in the links in my show notes. I've also linked her quick meditation so you can start your own practice on mental rest right away. I also urge you to subscribe to my weekly personal emails at allisonhair.com as I go deeper and more personal into these topics. Oh, and there is a big enhancement I'm making to this podcast, so stay tuned to the blog and be the first to know. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.